Religiosity episode 101. Back with Pastor Andrew, and we're still high from the 100th episode of um, Religiosity from the sanctuary at Rutgers Church, where we had a packed audience, if you were only listening on the podcast. And it was a great night, and we had wonderful questions, but we didn't get to all of the questions. And because you missed some, I heard. That's right. There's people that were sending them to me in all kinds of ways. And a, and a modern man has many different ways that people can contact yeah, him. Yeah, and I, I needed know, to, I I needed to really uh, uh, consider all of them. And I wasn't. I was considering email and chat. But some of them were texted to me. And some of them we didn't get to that I already had on my list. So why don't we get to some of these uh-huh, right uh-huh. now? And yeah, you have can, no idea can, what these yeah, are. Yeah. Oh my, that'll be. But you, you have any uh, here. You have an advantage of editing. So I hope you you can edit at least some. That's of right. My uh, empty. <laughs> That's right. But here's one uh-huh. that I really wanted to get to because it uh, it mentions an episode from this podcast so this is an actual listener who oh was, good 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 um, that, that, that's, that's that's asking that's, a question we, we, we should definitely honor that that's yes, right yeah. and I, I wish I we had yes, on, so. on that episode but we're doing it now bring it on here it is in episode 88 i don't know what <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. We did so many that I'm losing track what we actually You did. don't yes. have episode 88 memorized? No, Are you no, serious? I don't have. No, no. Okay. In episode 88, you talked about a drunk god. Oh, I remember this. Oh, yeah. Now, I, yes. yeah, that, that's from Ugarit. That's yes. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. How is it possible that these ancient people believed that immortal gods could get drunk? Oh, of course they did. I believe uh, yeah, the you question know, you, you, is how. Yeah, I I know is that, it that that's possible? I I it it was possible first of all. Yeah. Uh, we have it documented not only from Ugarit, but it is uh, known from uh, Greek culture as well. Uh, uh, God Bacchus. Yeah. Uh, and and Bacchanalia, uh, which w- were associated with it, and. You can almost say that uh, as with with so many aspects of our religion, substantial part of it is uh, our human projection mm-hmm. into the realm of divinities. Uh, I, I think that we, we talked about it uh, when we talked about different forms of creation, for instance, and we could observe how creation narratives were developing with the development of human society. Yeah. So on a tribal level, it, it has uh, one form. Uh, when they were engaging in uh, agriculture, they discovered the power and strength of sex. And so they had the procreating gods who mm. are actually by their procreation creating the world and populating the pantheon, but populating also the world mm-hmm. or populating, creating simply. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then you have the military one. Then you have um, the royal one uh, by f- uh, royal fiat, uh, by, by declaring something. Uh, then you have an administrative one. Then you have the, the 
a bureaucratic hierarchy like you have in Colossians, for instance, where there are those principalities and powers, and you can observe that. You have the philosophical one, uh, which is at the beginning of the Gospel of John. So that is following the development of the human society, mm -hmm. and in a similar way uh, that you know, uh, Bacchanalia and Bacchus and, and, and classical uh, area is, is a little easier for us to, to appreciate. Uh, was a way of uh, reflecting and processing the societal and uh, psychological dimensions of what was happening in individual and so social life. Uh, through, say, you can uh, almost use Feuerbach, uh, like a mm -hmm. projection into mm -hmm. uh, the divine world, and mm -hmm. at the same time processing it. I think that Feuerbach here is kind of like uh, short-circuiting. He is having a good hunch uh, on that mm -hmm. anthropologically, but at the same time, um, he is too positivistic. And mm -hmm. for him, it is a sign that, oh, those are just tales. Mm -hmm. He is not really fully grasping that it is a substantial and important way how those people were processing uh, mm -hmm. their existence mm -hmm. and existential things. And, uh, you know, because they lived in a uh, Mediterranean world where wine was an important aspect of the life, uh, an important aspect of, um, of of social life also, and hygiene, uh, because uh, alcohol is sanitizing water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, the, the, it, it was part of civilization. Mm. You, you go into Gilgamesh uh, and, and you see that uh, Enkidu is being civilized with a prostitute and beer. Mm. Uh, that is the way they, they civilized uh, him. And uh, that, that is also kind of that distinction between until now we have beer culture and we have wine culture. Yeah. <laughs> and so back then that was the reality as well. You know, there, there were cultures which were based on beer yeah. Uh, fermented, uh, yeah. germinated uh, seeds and uh, wine cultures, uh, the juices of uh, grape wine uh, and uh, fermented. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and, and that, that, that they, they process that. And then in the Bible, we, we even know that, uh, that they were clearly, because the prophets are so uh, very strongly uh, rejecting it, and we, I think that we talked about it, that they were using it as an, like, uh, releasing the brakes of consciousness, mm. you know, self-control, mm. uh, mm. you, you know, like, to, to, to some degree, we are using it until now, mm -hmm. but they have it a little bit more integrated into religion. But then they eventually realized that that it uh, it had so many drawbacks that it was better to abandon it. You're making me think. Why didn't Jesus say, "Take this beer"? Because that was in the wine culture. It seems like what you're saying is that's very bourgeois. Uh, you know, no, it, it is, 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 aren't his people was, beer people? 
there, there were beer people, uh, but they were looked <laughs> down upon by, by the biblical culture or by the people who gave us Bible. Uh, so Philistines, for instance, were oh. beer drinkers, uh, and, and, or at least to some degree. They, they came from the regions where there were uh, more, the, those were most likely the sea people. And so... Uh, so from what I'm gathering from what you're saying is it's very possible that Jesus drank beer on the Last Supper, but the people that wrote about it, change it to no, wine no no sorry no 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 no, no. <laughs> of course not because he 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 lived in a culture where the wine was the main uh drink i see and uh you know because of the vines all around because of the because of the uh, grapevines everywhere yeah uh, because of the vineyards yeah. and, and, and growing in a... And, uh, you know, the other thing is that there were a whole spectrum of, uh, of the use of, uh, of wine. So some of it was uh, probably more similar to uh, vinegar. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and could be highly refreshing. Mm. Uh, they were making their own lemonades without lemons mm. <laughs> that way, using mm. and diluting it. Uh, that, that is also part of the story from, say, uh, uh, Greek culture where they had very thick wines, uh, mm. uh, but were diluting them, for instance. And that, that is kind of tying in with that hygienic uh, dimension mm. of it or um, because the, the, that was to wait to sanitize their drinks because if you have uh, alcohol in, 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 in water it is uh, very quickly killing all those bad bacteria for your mm. especially those which are infecting digestion mm -hmm. so uh, the w water spread uh, illnesses were controlled by either wine in the areas where they grew uh, wine and uh, in the areas where they grew mostly barley or any kind of uh, grains of that kind uh, that was through the beer. It was not a beer the way we would recognize it. They were using other spices, right. not hops, uh. to uh, to make it uh, more interesting. Huh. Uh, but uh, all right, we needed that timer. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But but other... it is interesting. Uh, the, the the other the you know how would you de de describe, for instance, alcoholic drinks made of uh, dates. Mm. That's a source of sugar. You need a source yeah. of sugar, and and then is it a beer or is it a wine? It's probably wine, or would be I described guess. as yeah. wine. But yeah, you know that that that, that is another uh, another area. It's it's probably based upon what kind of yeast you also yeah. have uh, for that, because different yeasts uh, stop producing more uh, alcohol when they reach certain levels of yeah. the alcohol in the liquid. And, and so on and so forth, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so that's... Uh, Interesting. Okay, now... Another question. Another question. This one mm -hmm. from our valued Listener. listeners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have to believe in the Trinity to be either a Presbyterian or a Christian?
that pause was left in. That was the real length of that pause. Yeah. That was the pause in real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, it's it like what do you mean by by believing in trinity are you really asking what you believe what do you mean by believing uh, be, 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 because that is uh, oh i see what you mean you mean i guess i guess yeah, we, 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 we believe in god who is known to us in three personas or three forms that is not a belief in trinity it's it's taking trinity seriously mm. as as a way of talking about god but uh, not necessarily uh well how about I, well let me let me jump in and just say i i think maybe what this person means is if you take out one of the components like for instance the holy spirit mm -hmm. and you quote don't believe in that whatever that means are you still a christian good that you did not bring this uh, question uh, <laughs> during our because the, 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 this is not for two minutes uh, uh, and 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 frankly i would need to think about it uh, here um, trinitarian doctrine now now let me put my uh, because that's my area of expertise that's a biblical uh, scholarship so in the bible you don't have trinity right uh there are kind of like first signs of uh, the development of the dogma mm -hmm. and we partly talked about it in the prior episode when the the, the came when i was talking about uh, the history of Luke and, and his holidays and, and so mm -hmm. on, how he compartmentalized uh, what happened in Easter into those uh, three consecutive uh, high church holidays uh, of Easter and uh, Ascension and Pentecost. Uh, so there are some signs. Of course, all persons of Trinity are present uh, in the New Testament. And to some degree, you have Ruach, uh, like a spirit of God, uh, as active in, even in the Hebrew Bible. But uh, that the doctrine is relatively late development, an attempt to to be followers of Jesus while being a monotheist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, there were many different attempts uh, among the early Christians mm -hmm. uh, of, of dealing with it. Yeah. Uh, people might be really surprised what uh, early church uh, <laughs> believed because you, you, you have their uh, Marcion or Marcionites who had the demiurge God, you know, God of the uh, Hebrew Bible, which is completely different or who is wow. completely different from the New Testament God oh, of, uh, of, of Jesus. So you have at least two different gods. Wow. But then still it leaves out uh, Jesus as, 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 as another person, yeah. you, you know, being uh, 
related to the father yeah. <laughs> of the New Testament God, uh, say. So uh, there, there, were, there were even uh, some uh, Gnostic streams of early Christianity which had plethora of gods. Mm. Almost for each day there was a god, you know, like 365 mm. gods <laughs> and, 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 and so on and so forth. So uh, in, in that respect, I would say you, you don't need to subscribe to an uh, early orthodox dogmas to be Christians because they were Christians before this early dogmas mm. uh, gain um, prevalence among the Christians and mm. we would not hesitate of calling them Christians. Uh, well, these you, days it's different. Yeah. So I would say then what is the least that has to be done in order to call yourself a Christian? You know, do you, can you, or, or here's another way to say it. Can you just be a Christian if you believe that Jesus as a person existed and that his teachings changed, changed your life as a person and believe in nothing else? Uh, I, I would almost say so. Yeah, I, I think to, to consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus uh, in, in its relatively broad take on that. Yeah. Uh, and again, I'm going back to the early biblical times or even pre-biblical or as the Bible was written, you, yeah. you know, and... Uh, there were these adoptionists, for instance, you know, who departed even from the what later would become, or, or not departed, who had simply a different take on what would later be a dogma of two natures of, of Christ. Mm. You know, being divine and human at the same time. Mm. The, 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 there was this ferment going on in the church and they considered themselves to be Christians. And I, I mm. would resent of saying, uh, since some kind of uh, relatively elderly bearded uh, Greek-speaking uh, theologians of the 4th century reached uh, their conclusions being forced by mm -hmm. political powers uh, from that moment on we all have to subscribe <laughs> to certain dogmas uh, right. I, I'll be rather hesitant of doing yeah. it yeah. Uh, it is good to know about it it's uh, good to be respectful of some of their achievements they, they reached yeah. uh, but at the same time being limited by that I think is uh, highly problematic. Mm -hmm. uh, certain level of creativity you can discover with, with evangelists who are portraying Jesus differently, uh, different evangelists. Uh, certainly the, you, you can observe the arch going from Mark through uh, Matthew and Luke to John, who has John probably the highest Christology uh, among them 
uh, now I kind of partly because there there is not Trinitarian theology in the Bible. I am I'm using more the teaching about Jesus or teaching about a Christ as as and substitute for it and observing how it was developing and then later it started to develop. Uh, uh, you have few insertions of the Trinitarian formulas into biblical text, but they are clearly uh, insertions mm -hmm. from from later. You know, in baptismal mm -hmm. formula, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, it is present. But that's clearly, you, you know, uh, <laughs> being inserted from outside mm -hmm. into the text. It was not there, wow. uh, so uh, originally. Uh, and it's assuming already this kind of development towards the Trinitarian teaching. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I, I would say hesitantly, no, because it also depends what you mean by it. Right. You know, if you want to be uh, ideologically dismissive of what these guys uh, back on in, in the fourth century uh, were trying and struggling to achieve, then you are willful. <laughs> and uh, my question would be, why? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you might have legitimate reasons for it. Right. And, and some of it I already voiced. You know, I'm not taking them like uh, touchstone. Right. right. Is, isn't it interesting that somebody like uh, Thomas Jefferson famously removed all the... Um, Miraculous parts. Yeah. yeah. He was deists. Uh, he was one of the deists. Yeah. Uh, so the, the for, for, for them, of course, uh, all these were kind of offensive or problematic. And so right. uh, all the miracles, he used the scissors and cut them out yeah. uh, and preserving only the teachings of Jesus. Therefore, almost mimicking the, the Gnostic approach. Right. Uh, preserving the teachings of Jesus while leaving out all his uh, interactions with, with his world. Yeah. Okay, moving on. I have heard that Miriam's dance before the Lord from Exodus may be the oldest scripture in the Bible. Is that true? Her dance celebrates the deliverance of the people from Egypt and the defeat of Pharaoh and drowning of many charioteers. But how can we know what side God is on in today's battles and wars? Ukraine, for example, or Sudan, or China versus Taiwan, maybe? So uh, let, let us take it apart. The, 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 there is one aspect uh, which is looking at uh, biblical uh, theology. So let us start with that. Yeah. Uh, Yes, uh, I heard that as well, that uh, that is one of the oldest parts of Torah. Uh, it, it has some uh, signs of great age. I would not... As, as, as a composition, it might be the, the oldest part. There, are, there might be some smaller uh, elements of it, and we discussed, for instance, about the circumcision and, and, and so on. Uh, might be because it, definitely the, that circumcision of uh, Moses or of his son, we really don't know, uh, in Exodus, 
uh, is not neatly fitting within the later practice of Judaism and so might be pointing into a Bronze Age practice and we compare that with, uh, say, uh, in, in my case, with Ugaritic practice mm -hmm. there. Uh, so that was one of our earlier episodes here. So, but as a composition, it might be all old. And frankly, that is the situation with poetry. Poetry has the tendency of uh, some of the poetry uh, preserving older uh, traditions. Because poetry is uh, kept linguistically and stylistically together and you have less uh, freedom of adjusting it or changing it. Um, so that's why uh, some of the oldest parts uh, in the Hebrew Bible are in a poetic, uh, mm -hmm. poetical form also. Uh, we also talked about uh, that regular narratives are the sign of quite late composition. It is possible that some of what is being narrated in prose was originally captured in poetry, but we don't have access to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is re-narrated in prose, and prose appears uh, really with the Hellenistic times, before all the religious stuff, <laughs> mm -hmm. legends and myths and everything was, uh, was a poetry. Mm. You don't have any myths in, uh, in, in a prose. That is kind of relatively late development. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that is this part. Um, how, how really old it is? I would definitely be hesitant of saying this is proving the Exodus as an historical fact. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, that's another aspect of it. Uh, it might be old, it might come from some experience of liberation from slavery or oppression and then so on. Uh, might be an experience of people escaping from chariot army. Uh, and, and being connected with the, this story of Exodus. Or that this might be a source of, uh, or germ of, uh, of, of that uh, exotic tradition, which is clearly very important in, uh, in that final form of the Hebrew Bible. Mm -hmm. That's a formative pillar. It almost looks like everything is being kind of built around uh, that exotic uh, experience. So that's this. Um, Bible is surprisingly violent. We just did and uh, something you might not know about uh, the Bible, uh, about this kind of violent nature. You can hardly find a biblical book which would avoid of being properly R-rated. And even in the New Testament, uh, Apostle Paul can be uh, as nasty as uh, speaking about those who, who are misleading you about the circumcision, they should castrate themselves. Mm -hmm. 
uh, now I'm it's somehow loosely uh, <laughs> translated but uh, or interpreted but I'm interpreting it from the top of my head but that's what is there you, you know and when you think about it that that would go into our rating you know there are uh, there are descriptions of bodily fluids or hemorrhages and and so on in gospels uh, again something which definitely would require some kind of a rating i'm not saying necessarily our rating yeah. revelation is, will keep children up uh, at night oh yeah yeah revelation is definitely there out there and then you have some of the best the so-called books which are which would fit on one page or maybe two pages and of course there is not enough material <laughs> to reach that but uh, even there you can find some uh, some aspects of it which uh, will uh, which which might uh, require uh, some control o over its content so returning back uh, bible is an inherently violent uh, book and uh, contains some very disgusting uh, passages and aspects you know does it mean that we should follow it i don't know uh, i um follow it in its uh, sentiments, I mean, in, in that, right. uh, in that uh, video clip uh, I just mentioned uh, by the rivers of Babylon, which is a kind of sad songs of exiles but it ends with retributive uh, vindictive streak of aggression against the, their captors mm -hmm. and the last verse is about taking their babies and smashing them against the rock right uh and and declaring it to be blessed mm -hmm. come on yeah y you know that, that 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 is the 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 stuff of nightmares. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I I it it can be somehow weakened by saying that the, these are those who are dreaming of it. They are not in a position. Something like that might happen to them themselves, and therefore they uh, dream or ask or sing about the same retribution right. happening to their uh, enemies. So um, that, 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 that's what is there. Uh, I don't think that we should follow the sentiment at the same time. It's there to inform us and maybe to warn us. I don't want to justify it. I don't want to excuse it. Uh, I, I am just describing it and describing it say, as a warning to us. Because so many passages uh, are in the, especially in the Hebrew Bible, are written from the position of those who were the sufferers, or mm -hmm. who were crushed by the wheels of the empires. But then, when 
when the fortunes turn and those who were who who are reading these books uh, are those who have access into extremely destructive uh, military equipment say or something like that what is the function where, where, where mm-hmm. sh- should we still read it that way sh- shouldn't we know better mm-hmm. so uh, that that that's this part so uh siding with those who are being uh, oppressed or being attacked that is uh the sentiment of uh of the biblical tradition but we need to at the same time uh be prepared to apply breaks mm-hmm. when the fortune starts to turn or change mm-hmm. so that we don't swing all the way into becoming ourselves oppressors mm. uh, mm-hmm. or those who are uh, you know reading these texts uh, are uh, are justifying them because they don't recognize that those were written for the oppressed mm-hmm. not for those who have power right so uh Interesting. And and just think about it that that is a, not an easy uh, thing to do, yeah. and especially uh, like I, I'm reminded from our current political uh, situation, uh, the, the the assuming that even those who are in a position of power are assuming or love to assume the uh, the role of victims. Yeah. Because they recognize that if they play victims, then so many other things uh, are kind of more more allowed, yeah, you know, or justifiable, yeah. Yeah. and that is why they are taking that position of victimhood. Yeah, uh, I'm now thinking about uh, the the prior president, for instance, right, who is constantly right. uh, claiming that uh, you know he had the most powerful position in the world and was constantly playing a victim. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, come on. Yeah, uh, and and that's the danger. You, you know, and in in geopolitical perspective, you know that that's exactly you know how Putin is arguing. You know, the the, the Russian nation is a victim here. Mm-hmm. You know, and and playing the victim mm-hmm. uh, card is 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 scary. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, um, being being honest uh, and, and 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 respect re- respecting the, the the realities of the world uh, uh, aggressor is not a victim yeah uh, and and even if if the victim suddenly gains substantial advantage or something uh, there, there is a reason for self-control yeah next question mm-hmm. if the early gods were actually just mortal people who managed to convince these bronze age farmers that they were all powerful gods how would these early religions be different 
I, I think that now uh, help me to understand uh, or you, 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 you can be like another set of eyes. So okay. uh, does it claim that the early gods were actually originally the humans? I think it's, it's in the way the question is framed, it, it's almost wants, it doesn't want to say that, but it wants to assume that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, so I was not mistaken in in yeah. in in in, in uh, hearing it or understanding it that way. The we, we both are on the yeah. same. That is not the case. <laughs> no, I I don't believe that uh, the divinities came from. Uh, but wait, from let's let's not go down that road. Now that you understand the question, the question is, if that were true. Mm-hmm. How would these early religions be different? I have no idea. I think the answer that this person is trying to insinuate is that they wouldn't be. Don't you think? Probably. I, I, I have no idea, but frankly... Uh, you don't like the, the, the premise the, of this question. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> no, uh, we, we have no way of knowing. Uh, there, there, there are certain aspects, not necessarily so much in, uh, in uh, Semitic religions, uh, more in classical uh, mythology in Greek, that certain uh, heroes can be mm -hmm. lifted into a divine uh, status. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, became semi-gods or almost gods. Uh, but th that is not the situation predominantly, or to my best knowledge, uh, in... Uh, among the Semites, they had uh, they they had like divine kings, which had some aspect of divinity uh, in them. But uh, I, I, it's 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 complicated uh, here. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned Feuerbach uh, yeah. just moments ago and, and how, how it is the projection of our highest aspirations, say, you know, or something like yeah. that, uh, into a divine world. That'll be more my way. It's not that uh, certain, uh, certain people decided to to divinize themselves, uh, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that, and uh, started to populate Olympus, say, you know, or mm -hmm. something like that. No, uh, that, 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 that would be, like even those divine kings, uh, the divinity was not necessarily in, in their human existence, it was more in in the ideal of their office, mm -hmm. which was divine. Mm. And so was almost like transferable from uh, one king who died into the next king who took uh, over that office, uh -huh. for instance. Uh, 
so that's uh, it's it's more complicated with uh, with some of the heroes, which are gaining uh, semi-divine or almost divine uh, character characteristics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have uh, we we talked uh, recently about. Uh, uh, about Gilgamesh. Yeah. That's a classical example. A uh, human king who is becoming legendary mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, larger than life. Uh, similar thing will be in the biblical stories like Samson, mm-hmm. uh, King David. They they get aura of uh, yeah. larger than life, more than human, uh, and um, but they are not becoming divine themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not even made into fully divine. Yeah, uh, they have semi-divine nature, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, what is then more important is what kind of an insights into the reality of the world and the reality of our existence in the world they mediate to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is more interesting. Um, right. You know what? 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 What are we learning, say, from David about ourselves or about right. the nature of the world? Uh, what are we learning from Gilgamesh uh, mm-hmm. about uh, ourselves or nature of the world? And similarly, it'll be about the heroes uh, of, of of the classical mythology. Well, thank you for answering these leftover questions that we didn't get Are to. Are these all? That's it. Yeah, fine. Good. And thank <laughs> And thank you for in general just being a good sport about this, not knowing what these questions are going to be and not being afraid to answer them. That is a huge deal and we are very lucky uh to have you both at this podcast and and in this church edit that (laughs) (laughs) thank you Uh, thank you